Do you consider yourself someone who's fit? What does it actually mean to be fit? Today, we'll explore the four pillars of fitness with a renowned fitness expert on Living Well with Robin Stoloff. Thanks so much for joining me today. Be sure to like and subscribe, and I'll keep you posted on my most recent episode. I am so excited about this interview today because this person is near and dear to my heart. She does so much of what I love. Welcome to Fitz. Kohler. She is a TV personality, race announcer, and she is a fitness expert. Thanks so much for being here. I am so happy to be here and to see your face, Robin. You have this incredible voice for radio, but you have a face... Uh- you have a face for TV too. So oh, well, thank you. you. Used to be on TV many years ago, seven years ago now, but our TV station closed, sadly. That's another story. But okay. um, <laughs> you look fantastic. You look you. really great. This is not our first podcast. We've done many radio interviews, but also we did another podcast and that was on your cancer journey, breast cancer. So I just want to ask you how you're doing today. You look great. Well, you know, and I just had a, another checkup with my oncologist yesterday and they said, uh, fitness lady you look great don't come back for six months so i i love doing that you love hearing that and your hair is growing back you have hair so wonderful to have hair you know it's a it's a measure of patience because uh, i'm i'm all about controlling the things that you can and when this hair fell out it was like being trapped in somebody else's head you know it just it was very interesting, but here we am, and I finally have hair. So, yay. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And you have maintained a positive attitude throughout everything, wrote your book. And of course, yeah. people can learn more about it on your website, Fitness, yeah. which is right above your head if they're Fitness. watching. Yeah. If they're listening, Fitness.com. So, let's, yeah, there's the book. There it is. <laughs> Shameless promotion, right? That's, That's right. Okay. That's right. That's okay. So, let's talk a little bit about fitness and what fitness actually means. You say there are four pillars. Yeah. Well, fitness to me means your ability, you know, your capabilities and your resiliencies and the way your body works or doesn't. And I prefer everybody's body to work at as high a level as possible, but it's really interesting. There's, there's a lot of people who are making a solid effort towards fitness, but they tend to laser focus on one thing, which means they're missing the bus in other areas. And, uh, you really, you have to focus on what I call it's my term, the four pillars of fitness. But, uh, you know, as, as we go there, we say, okay, if you are a marathon runner who can't do five pushups, are you really fit? If you are the most flexible, bendy yogi in the world, but you can't walk up a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing, are you fit? You know, if you're a bodybuilder who can't scratch his own back, are you fit? The answer is really no. And so um, what I want people to do is focus on these very four different elements of fitness so they are well-rounded and capable, less likely to be injured, and they do qualify as fit. So what are the four pillars? And if someone is trying to, you know, get in shape and they're just doing one thing. How can they vary their workouts? How can they do things that are a little different? Yeah. So the four pillars of fitness, and I'll go through each and just talk a little bit about them. Uh, first of all is cardiorespiratory fitness, and that's the strength and power and capability of your heart and lungs, your cardiovascular system and your respiratory system. And as you can imagine, that's really freaking important because these are the things keeping us alive, processing oxygen, pumping our blood, Absolutely. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, you want to have a really powerful heart and lungs, and you earn that by doing anything that makes you huff and puff. 
And so if all you do is yoga and you have a great body, good for you. I'm glad you're, you can touch your toes and you know, you look hot in leggings, but if you can't, if you don't have endurance and stamina and those lungs and heart aren't powerful, then you're missing the bus. So anything that makes you huff and puff. A lot of people will say, well, I hate to run. Okay. I don't care. Go swimming, go dancing, do karate, have sex, anything that makes you huff and puff. You got to have sex for a long time for it to work, but you know, <laughs> to work. that's a, not a problem for some people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, you know, huffing and puffing for an extended period of time makes your heart stronger and your lungs. Now, listen, if you're someone who just goes on a casual walk with your dog, that's being active. But in order to challenge and improve your heart and lung capabilities, you have to push the envelope. You have to get that huffing and puffing going. And and we want to say for those who are not into fitness at all, we don't want to discount walking. Walking is a great way to at least get started. Hey, listen, and if the walking makes you huff and puff, that's perfect. And so- that will not be the same for everything. Walking doesn't make me huff and puff anymore, but running really does and cycling really does. And so you just have to figure out whatever it is that makes you huff and puff, go do that. Now, the next pillar of fitness would be strength. And strength is your body's ability to push, pull, move objects, move yourself against gravity. And that's not only... uh, (laughs) Strength training makes you resilient. It makes you less likely to get hurt, sprains, strains, and stares. It allows you to do more. It boosts your metabolism. So people are like, I can't lose weight. Well, A, phony baloney, that's a lie. But strength training is the way to boost your metabolism. When I learned that years ago, when I used to be in bodybuilding and fitness competitions, I learned that at a young age and I thought, that is such a cool thing. I add muscle to my body and it helps speed up my my metabolism and feed the fire. It's great. Yeah, and and for not everybody, it doesn't actually increase your size. It increases your density, right? You become more muscle, less fat, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And just sitting still, you're burning, burning more calories than you would be if you were more fat than muscle. And then the other thing is uh, strength training builds your bone density. And I think muscles are sexy. So we're back on the sex talk. Absolutely. Yeah. And we lose a muscle mass. We should at least mention that I'm going to be 59 next month. And it is not as easy. I'm, you know, you get to a point when you start to just publicly admit your age. At one point I didn't admit my age. Now I'm just bragging about it. I don't care. I've made it this far. (laughs) So I just want to make the point that if you do not do any kind of weight training, which I love weight training, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. But if you do not do it, you will lose muscle mass as you get older. That's right. And interestingly enough, I just saw a a great feature yesterday on a woman in her seventies who was just 60 pounds overweight and nothing but mush and her daughter kicked her in the can. And now she's lifting extraordinary amounts and she's younger than she's ever been because of that strength training. And so folks, I'm not telling you, you have to go do Olympic weightlifting or doing CrossFit strength training is doing more to make your muscles stronger. So that could be, you know, carrying the groceries, lifting them above your head. It could be doing push-ups on the floor, push-ups on the wall. You don't need fancy equipment. You could use bands, whatever it is, just to make yourself stronger and the gauge for that. So cardiorespiratory is huffing and puffing for strength training. The gauge is something that makes you grunt. So if you can swing around it a weight and it feels like nothing, it's nothing. But if you pick something up and you go, uh, that's heavy. Perfect. <laughs> I love the Perfect. way you describe this. It's first we're huffing and puffing and then we're grunting. Okay, good. <laughs> well, you know what? My, my, 
my brand of fitness, uh, fitness is no excuses, right? And if I dumb things down to a really small level, people can understand them and then they know they can make it attainable and then it can be a little bit of fun. So um, the grunt, uh, the car, huff and puff, then the grunting. Next up would be flexibility. And that's your body's ability to move through a wide variety of motions. Some people with their arms, they just go here, they go forward, they bend at the elbows, but they never do this. Your arms can go through all sorts of fabulous places and they should. If you want your joints to remain healthy, healthy. If you want to remain injury-free, I mean, if your body's only accustomed to going here and at some point your arms go, goes back here, that's how you sprain, stain, or sprain, strain, or tear a muscle. And so your body should do all of these motions every single day. Same thing with your hip girdle. Boy, your legs can go in a variety of directions. Your spinal column can flex and extend. So flexibility training matters. If uh, So runners are these people. Runners, only run. Runners say, well, I don't have time to run. I'm training for a marathon or I don't have time to stretch. I'm training for a marathon. No, dumb, dumb. You need <laughs> to make time to strength yes. train and stretch because yes. you're training for a marathon. And I just ran one in, uh, I ran Boston in October and virtually pain-free because of my strength you. training. That's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Because of the flexibility. So you don't have yes. to stretch for an hour a day, but when you get in the shower, stretch in the shower before you get out of bed, do some stretches, build it in two minutes here, 20 minutes there. It's up to you. It does. It feels so good. And I want to say also, so many of us are, especially now on zoom calls we're on zoom right now we're forward everything's forward everything's in front of us driving writing mm -hmm. on our phone texting so our shoulders start to get a little hunchy uh, and we never too. pull anything back uh -huh. so that's one area that i i really try to emphasize especially as i I've, as i've gotten older yeah and it it makes sense and then a uh if you don't move if you don't make movement a priority and mobility you will lose it and that blows that's a really uncomfortable feeling so we did the huffing puffing and then we did the grunting and the gauge for beneficial stretching is when you get to the point that makes you wince. So you, you move to the place and then you go ah, like that. That's, that's beneficial stretching. That means you're gaining flexibility. So huff, puff, grunt, wince. And then the last pillar of fitness really, really important is balance training. And Robin, why do we balance train? Well, one of the biggest reasons is so we don't fall over and break something. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. So we don't fall down. And you know, we used to fall a lot when we were a kid and it seemed like no big deal. You fall down as a grown up, that's going to be a really big problem. Either it's just going to hurt real bad or you're going to break something. So balance training and balance training can be as simple. It, well, it is the most simple. It's as simple as just standing on one foot. And mm -hmm. so if you are there, you put, you know, stand like a flamingo. If you're there and that's fine for you, great. You need to take it to the next level. And at that point, you stand on one foot and you close your eyes. And there's no equipment necessary. You can just stand there, close your eyes. And if that's easy for you, you want to move your arms around. You want to move that other leg around. You can stand on pillows. You can stand on your couch. You can go get a balance training tool at the gym. But the reason balance training is important is because, you know, A, falling down and breaking bones now is a bad thing, but falling down as you grow older can 
actually lead to premature death. And it is the number one reason that our senior loved ones go too soon. It's because they have yes, fallen. Happened to my uh, grandmother. You know, she she had to put her in a facility and then she just went downhill after that. And when I used to teach a workout class, that was a big part of what I taught because I said, well, you're in Florida, so you don't have ice, but we have ice in New Jersey. And I would say to people, you know, you walk in and you hit black ice, you might be able to catch yourself if you've trained yourself to keep your balance. And it's so important. And people just kind of don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have a completely different world up there, but I, <laughs> I use, um, the sidewalk as a good place for people to think about balance training because uh, there's sidewalk and then there's always grass next to the sidewalk. And there's a little thing, it's a big word, it's called proprioception. Mm -hmm. And, you know, simply explained, if you're walking down the sidewalk and then half your foot lands on the grass, your ankle wants to roll, you know, you, you hit a softer spot going down. So if you do not practice balance, proprioception stinks, you're going to go down and fall and roll and either humiliate yourself or hurt yourself. But if you have done this balance training, standing on one foot on a pillow or there with your eyes closed, your ankle, your knee, your hips are, are accustomed to engaging and recoiling when necessary. Proprioception is your, your brain's ability to connect with your body without you telling it to. And so if you have done balance training, when you hit the grass, your foot naturally recoils, your ankle adjusts, and you keep going. So um, balance training is the simplest, yet possibly one of the most important. So um, strength, flexibility, cardio. Oh, and this is how you know you're making progress with balance training. You should be wobbling. You should be wobbling. And, and so if you get on one foot and you feel really unsteady, good. That means you're training at the perfect level to make progress. If you are the yogi in the class and you can put your foot up above your head and you're motionless, you are the only person in the classroom not making progress. It is that constant shifting and adjusting that improves your balance. So it's huff, puff, grunt, wince, wobble. And those are the four pillars of it. <laughs> And then we're all fit. How great is and that? We're not, that's it. it. That's right. Just keep going. Keep I love how that. you just, you make it, you make it so simple and that's great. And you do that on your, your website as well, but Thank it you. is tough for people, I guess in this world, I have noticed that it is almost not the norm for people to be fit. If you want to call it fit, if you are, you know, in shape and you exercise and you really take this seriously and you eat well, you're not in the norm. That's not the American way of, you know, fast food and quick meals and not really getting much exercise. It's hard for people to break out of that if they're in it. It, it, you know, their friends do it. They go to a bar after work. It's their lifestyle. How do you how do you change it? Where do you start? Well, it's interesting because I do see that. I mean, clearly there's a, a obesity is a, a major problem and alcoholism mm -hmm. and smoking and so forth. But then there are these people that are freely. I as a race announcer, I was 30,000 yes. people who show up to run 26.2 miles. Yes. So, so you fitness see that. Is, yes, there are people also. <laughs> A priority too, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the whole thing where we're going to, you know, eat whatever we want, we're going to drink regularly every night. Give me a break. You're going to have a smoke on the weekend. And that usually goes along with a lot of debt too. Those are the same people that are in credit card debt who will never pay off their home, who will be reliant completely on the government at some point in their life. And so uh, I don't feel the need to keep up with those Joneses. If that's what the Joneses are doing, no, thanks, Joneses. So I, I'm okay 
taking the hard steps now, although I don't find fitness hard, I find it enjoyable. And the results are certainly uh, far better than uh, the way I felt yes, when I was uh, overweight. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't want any of my houses to be in disarray. And so if you come from a family and they're, they've all been uh, overweight and you're like, it's my family, it's genetics, baloney. It's not your genetics. It's your culture. Your family raised you to be obese. Your family raised you to be diabetic and have heart disease and die young and you can give a big middle finger to that, that culture and say enough. And I'm not asking anybody to be perfect. Perfect is boring to heck with that, but you should be making progress. If every day you wake up and you do just a little bit more than you did the, the day prior, you will get there. The, the worst habits will die off and the better habits will grow. And you'll be one of the people who I don't know, are kind of weird with a healthy body. They feel good about And And that's yeah. the kind of weird I like. I'm yeah. Okay that yeah. Kind of weird I, I, I do agree with that. I think it's just a matter of what do you want out of life and making it a priority. And instead of hanging out with the friends at the bar, you're hanging out with the people who work out in the gym. And it's just a whole different switch. But you're right. It has to be one step at a time. And it's got to be you got to put that at the top of your list. Yeah. And then you have to commit to it. You have to make no excuses. And it's interesting. Uh, I, I've helped millions over my career and I, I, I consult with I have an online training group thousands of people. And the comment I get most frequently is I appreciate your brutal honesty. And so why I love everybody, everybody knows that I love them. And I, hu I hug almost everybody at my races. <laughs> and my, when I do a keynote, the whole room gets loved on, but they also get poked in the chest and they also get shaked. And I am not okay with them trashing their body and, you know, blaming, oh, well, my husband's sick. I don't care if your husband's sick. Why do you have to join the party and be sick too? You're going to drink and eat yourself into sickness as well. How foolish is that? And so I don't care if everyone in your family has a problem. I don't care if your house burns down. None of that matters. You still have to wake up every single day, watch what you put in your mouth, move your body in those four specific ways and get some sleep and manage your stress. You have to do that for you or your life's going to stink. And that's your fault. Wow. Okay. That is awesome. Yeah. I love it. But you know what? Yeah, I love you. I'm glad. <laughs> And I say that in the kindest of ways. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it, you know what? I'm glad that you're that honest about it because it does have to be said. There are people that make too many excuses. And, you know, my husband always says, why do people always start their diet on Monday? Start today. You know why? Just start, start right now. Change your life. Change your life. That's right. No excuses. And we, we make priorities. You get to choose who you want to be. Believe it or not, your body is completely a reflection of your actions. So tonight, strip down, go stand in front of your mirror. Now, you did not generate your height. I'll give you that. But if you look at yourself and you say, wow, you did a great job. You're in fantastic shape. You did that. If you look at yourself and say, oh, no, this is not a, a good result. You did that. You're completely responsible for your body the way it is. So um, take ownership. And I think that's super exciting because you can only make change once you have accepted responsibility. If you know that you created your mess, you know that you can create success. You can, you can change. You have the power to, you got to just choose it. Absolutely. We have, I always say we have the control. Nobody is forcing us to eat that bag of chocolate chip cookies no, or you no. know, binge out on ice cream. It's, there's no outside force that's making us do that. No, but so many no. people feel that way. Well, 
wouldn't it be weird if say you were overweight because somebody snuck into your house and they jacked open your jaw and they started shoving food in there and they're like pouring tequila down your throat. That doesn't happen. And does, call the cops. Other than that, you, you've chosen the things that have entered your face. I love that. That is, that is great. And you say you have a simple weight loss formula. What is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's diet free. It, I am completely opposed to diets, pills, powders, supplements, weight loss supplements, snake oil of any sort. I am the consumer advocate who says, Hey, stop lying to these people. Stop stealing their money. Let's just tell them the truth. And it's called the exact formula for weight loss. That's what I've called it. And I, I, I figured out the science in grad school when I was getting my master's. Um, but basically you learn how to eat the right amount of the right food for the size you want to be. And simplistically, if you would like to weigh 150 pounds, you put a zero on the end of that goal weight and that becomes your caloric budget. So is it that simple? It actually is that simple. I'll, I'll explain a little more in depth, but on average, the human body burns about 10 calories per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, and you're not gaining and you're not losing weight, we know that you're consuming about 2000 calories, right? You are feeding the beast. You are saying, okay, mm -hmm. you weigh 200. I want you to stay there. I'm going to give you 2000 calories. So if you're there and you're saying, I can't lose weight, well, stop eating 2000 calories and <laughs> you will. Um, but I, 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 I compare it to say you go out of town on during summer and you come back and your house is hundred degrees inside. And then you go over and you set your thermostat. You say, I want you to be 78 degrees. Now, poof, once you hit that button, it doesn't just happen. Your air conditioning has to do the work and eventually it will get your house down to 78 degrees. And that's the exact formula for weight loss. So you choose your goal weight, you throw a zero on the end, which is that weight times 10, that 10 calories per pound of body weight per day. And that's the amount of calories it would take to sustain your goal weight. So if you want to weigh 150 pounds, we know that 1500 calories a day will sustain that. And so you stop eating 2000, you start eating 1500 and eventually your body will shrink down to that size. Now and that requires you to track it though. You have to track re it. <laughs> <laughs> required. You can use pen and paper. Those things still exist. People disbelieve that, but there is pen and paper, but you can also use an app. My favorite is my fitness pal. It is free. It's very easy to use. And you can even poke in in the morning. Like I had an English muffin. It'll ask you what brand. And then it'll say, Oh, did you have the whole wheat version or the white version or the blueberry version? So I feel like every piece of food that has ever been existed is in my fitness pal. So you just start logging every bite you take. If you go to Sam's or Costco and you get a sample, I got to put that in too. But at the end of the day, when you hit your caloric budget, you hit that 1500 calories, you know, it's time to stop eating. And so it is that simple calories in versus calories out. That's how you get there. Set your caloric budget, stick to it and you will lose. But on top of that, I really want you to be healthy, right? We want to have good nutrition. If you wake up in the morning and you have bagel with cream cheese and a fancy Starbucks coffee with the cream and the whipped cream, you might hit 1500 calories by 9 a.m. Now, if you only ate that and nothing else for the rest of the day and you did that every day, you would still lose weight. However, the reality is if you have dense caloric food that's not nutritious, you really don't get much out of it. And shortly after you're hungry. And then if you don't eat again, you're, you're, you have a headache and you're suffering. And so we don't want that. What we want is you to choose 
maybe 80 to 90% of your calorie intake be healthy, right? You have lots Mm -hmm. of produce and you have some nuts and lean meat if you eat that and whole grains. And then you got 10 to 20% of wiggle room. So there could be room for some Doritos or a beer or a piece of chocolate. It really is up to you as long as you stay within that 1500 calories. And what I find is Um, people are surprisingly satisfied on their caloric budget. Nobody ever comes to me and says, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm starving. Everybody says, wow, I, I don't feel hungry. This is really easy to maintain. And then they start fine tooth combing what they are eating. So a bowl of cereal. Okay. Is it a bowl of cereal? Is it a bowl of cereal? Is it a bowl of cereal? <laughs> I know. And I say my coffee. I have one cup and it's like 20 ounces. Have a cup of coffee. That's right. This one. So people start, you know, they're becoming a little more aware and, you know, maybe they'll measure something and say, oh boy, I was really having three bowls of cereal. And perhaps they switch to skim milk or they go plant-based. It really, you've got a lot of flexibility. I, I find people fail when we uh, put them on anything strict, when we tell them you can't have something white, really onions, potatoes, those are so healthy. Why would we, why would <laughs> yeah. we not? Some diets are saying, don't eat fruit. Yeah. Really? Punch that guy in the face. Uh, prepackaged food, not a great choice. And so, yeah. you know, I want people to be able to go eat in Morocco and Norway and Florida. If you have your caloric budget and you're planning to stick with that, you can eat based on your situation scenarios. Maybe you're at a conference and they only have some, you know, a weird little snack bar. Okay. Do your best there. Just mm-hmm. keep putting in your caloric and you, budget. You track, you still track, right? You oh, lost yeah. weight on this. You, I can't believe at one time you were overweight because you're so, oh, you know, it's so but, fabulous. Yeah. I was 40 something pounds heavier in my senior year, high school, freshman year of college. And it's interesting. All I ever thought about was my waist, my hips, my thighs the things that I did not like. And uh, it was hard. It was hard. I just didn't, I didn't know there was nobody else telling this like exact formula for weight loss. It was hidden in some sort of science book. That's where I found it. But uh, when I finally lost the weight, I never think about my waistline. I never think about my hips and my thighs. My brain has been free to focus on the humans I love, my pets, my business. And so when you feel bad about yourself, you know, A, maybe you're in pain, maybe you're uncomfortable, but it also just feels bad not to feel confident and comfortable in the skin you're in. And so, you know, if you're looking at me thinking, gee whiz, I wish, come on, I really want it for you. I want you to have this great comfort and success and I think everything about your life improves when you start focusing on yourself. And, um, you know, commonly parents will say, well, I can't exercise. I have kids. No, you have to exercise because you have kids. They expect for you to be around to see them graduate. Absolutely. And you're a role model for them as well. I mean, you you got to set that tone. There are many times I'm in the supermarket and I'll see an overweight mom, overweight dad, and I'm not disparaging them, but it's the truth. And then I'll see their kid who's also overweight. And I look in the cart and what's in there? Twinkies and ice yeah. cream. I mean, like you said, you're feeding the beast. You are keeping yourself overweight and you don't have to. You don't no. have to. You no. And, and, and there's really not a lot of suffering involved in being a fit person. You may have to put forth effort. You may have to set aside time. You have to choose this over that. But overall, you feel good about your decisions. You feel good about your accomplishments. You feel good about the clothes you're in. It really does break my heart to see children raised to die young. You know, I, I do a lot of keynotes and I'll ask parents, do you, do you, does anyone here want to outlive their children? 
you know, and when you raise them to die young, sometimes that happens. And, and it's golly, it's no fun to be an overweight kid. Kids are mean. Oh and- God. Yeah. It's no <laughs> fun to be overweight at any age, but to be an overweight kid, ugh, the time of your life when you should be the most active and playing and wow. enjoying things. And I know that is so true. And you break my heart when you say that, because I don't think people really think of it in terms of no. that, but I am a big advocate for teaching our kids and setting an example for our children. It's just, I mean, it's the gift. It's could you give them a better gift? You could not. So in life. So I have two teenagers and when they were wee little, there were certain things I didn't give them. So I would let them have a piece of cake, but I wouldn't let them have cake that was dumped in a bat of oil. That's a donut. I just decided, no, that's not okay. Fried cake is not okay for my kids. So I had some boundaries that I wasn't willing to cross. And some of the other parents were like, really? And I, and I thought, well, they could have a cookie. They could have brownie. But you know what? My kids didn't have donuts, but my kids had a bounce house in the dining room. We had no furniture in there and I bought a bounce house. And so my kids would come in and we'd plug it in, jump, <laughs> jump, jump in the dining room. And so if you're planning on rewarding your kids and treating your kids, treat your kids to some fun, go roller skate, blow bubbles, bounce balloons, get a bounce house, get a playground. Our investment was always spent in quality time. And and I do think too much is made of everyone's got to sit down for dinner and that's nice, but I would prefer if, if we had to choose one or the other, you eat separately and then you all go for a walk or you all throw mm-hmm. the ball or you wrestle, whatever it is. I think this physical time, that's really where the laughs come in and the bonding and, and, the, I and the totally health. agree. It's funny because it'll be me, my husband and my two kids. My son is 21 and my daughter's 18, all working out in our home gym, our basement gym. And I look around and I think to myself, this is so awesome. I really am so proud that we're doing this with them. And we taught this to them. My my son probably likes it a little more than my daughter. He's a rugby player. He's 215 pounds, but my daughter does it. She does it, you know, and she knows that it's healthy for her. And, you know, we're, we're big on what we eat and teaching them the right way. And I just feel like someday when we're not around, we've passed these good habits onto our kids. And what, what could you do more for them? Isn't that the greatest gift? I mean, I, I just had, you know, with the cancer thing, that wasn't a lot of fun. And I, I thought at first, is she going to have this too? Did I give her, is there some genetic nightmare going on in me that she also has? And she didn't. Thank goodness. I don't have a genetic thing. I'm a fluke. And she, and hopefully that means she won't be any more likely than any other daughter on planet earth. But what if I was giving her a, uh, a lethal illness because every day I woke up and filled her bowl with sugary cereal. And then I, I, I passed out sodas. That is the same toxicity, potential lethality as giving your kid a cancer gene. Are you giving them the diabetes bug, the type two, that type one is tragic. Mm -hmm, Type two is infuriating. mm -hmm. Are you giving your kids heart disease? So uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of considerations, but you know, I go back to whoever you are listening to us talk you matter. You matter. I care about you. I don't care what you look in a swimsuit. That is your obligation to concern yourself with that. What I care about is that your body functions. It, the muscles work, they bend, they they wince, wobble. You do all that stuff. You're putting the nutritious stuff in there to make the inside look good as well, that you can enjoy the things you want to in life without pain, without restriction. And when you have that, 
everything improves. You stand taller. You're more likely to get the job. You're more likely to make the sale. You're more likely to be the person who has the confidence to build a business on your own if you take care of yourself. So it just, um, one of my, one of my keynotes is called fixing your life with fitness. And I truly believe if you're looking for a magic pill, fitness is it watching what you put in your mouth is it. You couldn't have said that any better. The way I always say it is I've never left the gym or done a workout and regretted it. I always feel good afterwards. And I never look back and said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You always feel great. And it does make everything in your life better. You just feel better. You have more energy. You just look better. You you, you are able to function better. Everything about it. So, And you will be fit. That is what we're talking about today. Fit. So, So, And where can we find out more? Okay. So more, uh, I want everyone to go to fitness.com. That's the F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S. So that's my website and I have tons of free materials and resources. And so my game is I give out all the information for free to the consumer corporations pay my salary. So it's the keynotes, the race announcing all of the stuff I do on a microphone and the book sales is how I make a living. But I, I give you, I tell you the truth for free. So there's recipes, there's right on the cover. If you click on exact formula for weight loss, there's a far more thorough explanation of that and a podcast attached. There's free workout videos. So if you want to work your chest, but you don't know how, okay, well, there's me for two minutes, a few different ways, teaching you how to work your chest with a variety of different equipment, low level and high level stuff. Um, I'm on social media at fitness, LinkedIn, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I also have an online training group. And if you reach out to me, I'll invite you to that. And we it's, it's filled with 2000 of the most extraordinary regular Joes and Janes on planet earth. We have a a 100 club, which is filled with people trying to lose a hundred or more. Some of them have already lost 200, 300 pounds, and they're still working on fine tuning. But, um, I, I I want you to do better. I want you to be better. And and any way I can assist, I would love it. Oh, well, God bless. You're on a, you're on a mission to improve the health of people in this world. I've been feeling that my entire life as well. So you're doing some really great things. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's Kohler. And again, it's fitness.com if you want some more information. And thank you for joining me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and I'll keep you updated on my most recent episode. Until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.